You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. I'm John. Yes, you got it. And we're a VHS <laughs> podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. We've got John. He's coming back. He's going on our Batman adventure. John, how did you like revisiting Batman Mask of the Phantasm? This Christmas, for the first time, America's most exciting and legendary motion picture hero comes to the screen like you've never seen him before. The Bat! In an all-new, larger-than-life feature film. Now, the Dark Knight confronts his newest and most menacing villain. Your angel of death awaits. The Phantasm. I want you. And faces his greatest danger. Be too careful with all those weirdos around. A soaring new adventure. Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, the animated movie. Coming for a Christmas you'll never forget. It was great. It took me straight back to being a child and watching it. Uh, I originally saw it in the theater and then just watching the show on TV. Uh, yeah, it really transplanted me back then. Yeah, you're one of the lucky kids I know that got to see this in the theater because it snuck up on everyone. Mm-hmm. So was this like one of these, like you'll always remember it or was it just a like a good film and you're glad you saw it? I Yeah, I remember. It's not like quite like um, I had a chance to see Star Wars when I was younger in the theater and it wasn't quite like that, even though I had already seen Star Wars tons of times before that. But I do remember it was uh, just like my dad, brother, and I going and uh, just kind of being surprised that a TV show I watched had like a movie. And uh, so there are things like that and it being really good and just being surprised how how good it was. Oh, yeah, no doubt. This thing was huge when we were kids. Yes. I'm sure you're a lot like me and a lot like Matt who's a little sick under the weather this week. So that's why he's off. But, you know, Batman, the animated series was just everything. It was Gargoyles, Batman, Beetlejuice, you know, that WB Mm -hmm. lineup. It just kind of like propelled me into like I was always into animation, but this animation was different. It was adult. I I felt Mm -hmm. more adult watching it. Yeah, it wasn't like a you know, as slapstick comedy and stuff like that. It, it had tone and there was like a noir feel to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could just say like teenagery where, you know, we we're getting into comic books and or we're already into comic books, but we are past the Bugs Bunnies and the Mickey Mouses. You know, we we're mm-hmm. getting into this stuff, this dark stuff, this adult stuff. Very violent. Yeah. Not like G.I. Joe violent, but it uh, just a very stylized violence. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I and what made it more serious is I think if I remember right, I don't ever remember really seeing blood in the cartoon. You'd never see it like drip from someone's mouth or anything. I don't think, mm-hmm. but it was in the movie, and you're like, whoa! 
it just like uh you know turned it up a level and it wasn't even like a whole lot it was just like one scene at the end with the with the joker which we'll get into but uh i just remember that sticking out and be like oh there's there's blood i don't remember what this one was rated uh that's a good question i don't know was it just pg i'm looking at yeah it's pg okay yeah i would assume so yeah so originally this movie was supposed to come out you know as like a three-parter or four-parter i guess it would be three-parter on the tv series they wanted to do a movie you know to stand alone from the animated series because the animated series was so popular but they wanted to distance it they didn't want Mm -hmm. to do the normal rogues gallery of bad guys that's why they created a new bad guy, you know, the Phantasm. Apparently, the animated series was so popular that the WB just, like, changed course after they had already started. And, like, nope, we're going to put this in theaters. And that's probably why a lot of kids I know, like me, and probably you, you know, we just, it didn't get a proper marketing buildup. So it was just before you knew it, it was in the theaters. I don't even remember it really in the theaters. I just remember that my parents bought it for us when it came out on VHS, and that was huge for us. It was just like, what? A Batman movie? This is amazing. I remember my dad telling me about it, and he's like, do you want to go see it? And I was like, of course. And uh, just, yeah, like I said earlier, just going in and just kind of being like, that was really good. (laughs) That was amazing. Yeah. I was only 10 or 11 at the time, but uh, yeah, I I just remember just being kind of uh, taken aback. So if we're walking down the video store on a Friday night, uh, we see this tape. Do we rent it? Durr. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's like one of the most iconic box covers ever. Like I, I when you first mentioned like, hey, you want to do that? That image immediately just popped right in my head. Yeah, that mask that's just above Batman and, you know, on the <laughs> cover here. And then it has Batman's head like his shape cut into yeah the phantasm like silhouette uh-huh yeah i remember that distinctly so mm-hmm. much and just like this movie like i never we never even rented it because we owned it but yeah I, we watched this a decent amount as a kid absolutely yeah and you always have that like wb always really put out nice covers and uh these nice vhs this, this was not a cheap one you know they spent some money this is a good tape so uh flipping it over to the back here you get that also iconic visual of Batman, like he's looking over his shoulder with his cape pulled up and then mm-hmm. the rest of the tape is all black so you can actually read the writing. But it's just, oh man, so much of the art of the Batman animated series is so damn good. Yeah, I, I even did that one year for my, my pumpkin carving. I did that classic animated series like where kind of like the silhouette of Batman and, the, and his cape held up over his shoulder. You just see his eyes. Yep. Yeah. He has like white, white eyes. Mm-hmm. And they did the same thing with the the phantasm here, like where his hood was just over the top of his head, and it always just has those eyes, those uh, geometric like triangles, just mm-hmm. just staring you down. Yeah. Really simple, but incredibly powerful. Yeah. All right. The description here we've got: When Gotham City's most feared gangsters are systematically eliminated. The worst is feared that the Cape Crusader is to blame, but prowling the Gotham Knight is a shadowy new villain, the Phantasm, a sinister figure with a troublesome link to Batman's past. Can the Dark Knight elude the police, capture the Phantasm, and clear his name? 
Unmasking the Phantasm is just one of the twists in Batman Mask of the Phantasm, one of the most imaginative films of the past year. Only here will you discover all new revelations about Batman's past, his arch rival the Joker, and the most grueling battle of Batman's life. The choice between his love of a beautiful woman and his vow to be the defender of the right. Batman Mask of the Phantasm is a mystery that is generally absorbing, suspenseful, and moving from the Cincinnati Enquirer, and a film no fan should be without. It just like pumps you up. You're like, what, what do you mean? Someone from his past? Uh, are they going to capture him? Is Batman going to die? <laughs> like just as a kid being like, oh my God. <laughs> Put this tape in. We can't wait. Yeah, I got to know now. It's got like four production stills too you got batman running it's got mm-hmm. the phantasm uh we've got and then you <laughs> this is actually something that was new because they never really did a love story uh in the first season of the animated yeah. series uh-huh i think they always alluded to like oh look at bruce wayne he's a playboy but mm-hmm. this film you know it shows his past and it's kind of like batman year one in a lot of this film yeah so, and then, of course, they put the Joker on the back. You gotta. Which, if you hadn't seen this film at the time, if you rented this as a kid and your your brothers or whomever is with you, they're, you're driving back home, you'd sit there and be like, oh my God, did the Joker create this phantasm? Who is phantasm? Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited as well, kids. That and you're just, like, he's got to deal with both of them at the oh, same wow. time? How? <laughs> And then, of course, after this is like one year after Batman Returns. So, I mean, this is at the point that America is just Batman crazy. Mm -hmm. You can't get enough Batman at this point. I think uh, Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin uh, was at the breaking point. Like, okay, we can go with the we go for a while without a new Batman. I think we're good. (laughs) But they don't. They uh. They they keep rolling them out. Yeah, I mean, he just makes money. Yeah, I don't even remember when Nolan's new one came out. Was it like 2000? We were, it was around college, just after college. Yeah, I want to say 2005. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's see. I'll just Google it. Oh, yep. That's 2005. All I have to do is put in B begins and Google's like, got it. (laughs) Yep, I got it. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, I forgot those films coming out 2005, 2008, 2012. Wow, it's been eight years. No, almost nine years. Yeah, then we have The Batman coming out s- next year. Uh, yeah, I think it was because uh, I think originally it was going to come out this year. But uh, for, you know, pandemic reasons, I think uh, some of the people in the film got COVID. So they had to push back production for a while or something. But this isn't a Batman live action podcast. We're going we're going to stick with the the phantasm. So let's pop this tape in. Now available on video and DVD. Most of these WB uh kids films, like they just pack them with trailers. This one didn't. Uh might have something to do with the rush to get it out cuz it did so well on home video, but it, we just got one trailer here. It's Thumbelina, a Don Bluth film. And we talked about this before we got on air. Neither of us had seen this. I had completely forgotten about it until Steve mentioned it, that it even existed. And then yeah. even then, I'm like, I remember the name, and then I couldn't even picture what the main character or anything looked like. 
Yeah, I just remember it got it got trashed. I think it won a Razzie for something. Oh yeah. I you know I don't know anything about it. I don't know the story. All I remember is the girl has long hair, and I think there's a frog in it. So I was watching uh, on a bathroom break. I was watching the trailer, and uh, it looks like a frog is like capture uh, kidnaps her. And I think the idea is that she was going to get married to the fairy prince. She gets uh, captured. That's as huh. far as I made it. And it looked like a frog, yeah, who's kind of like in a, almost like a Friar Tuck robe, <laughs> comes and takes her away in the night. Yeah, I, I just, old dark Don Bluth, I'm surprised parents aren't killed and kid isn't like left in some <laughs> right street away. corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it didn't do well. And really after Rocket Doodle, Don Bluth's entire career kind of just is a dark spot for me until he does Titan AE or at least his mm-hmm. production studios. I don't know how much he did, but yeah, I just kind of stopped watching Don Bluth after his Land Before Time and An American Tale and all that. I mean, I always remember watching All Dogs Go to Heaven every once in a while as a kid, but that mm-hmm. one never really stuck with me either. It was on because it would, you know, you'd come across it on TV and you're like, oh, okay. But it was such a different animation than what, you know, we had here in Batman. So it's I, I just think I was to me that was like, that's little kid stuff. Now I'm into Batman. <laughs> so immediately we get right into the feature presentation. And now our feature presentation. When this film starts, you get this awesome, awesome beginning of the phantasm mm-hmm. just rolling up out of smoke and mm-hmm. kind of tricking you like, oh, that's not Batman. And he's a lot more menacing than batman of course yeah, it, yeah it's just like oh man he's out he's got, to yeah, kill the cloud of smoke follows him around so it looks like he just glides everywhere does the phantasm have like a smoke machine stuck up its butt how does yeah, that work I, I, yeah i don't know um i don't know if it's and that helps pr- like with the propulsion <laughs> and maybe maybe he's on a, like a skateboard or something with some ball bearings and it's oh. pushing him around or at this time rollerblades uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no, uh, what's the shoes with the the kicks? What are those called? I with know the, what you're talking about. I don't know the yeah, name of them. Yeah. I don't even think those are popular anymore. They're all gone. Now everyone's on like hoverboards. Yeah. Or one wheels. Or one wheel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got to keep up with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen you on one of them, right? Aren't you? Yeah. Got... I love it. How hard is it to at first to get your balance? It does a lot of... I think it was over 12,000 calculations a second to help you uh, balance. So it does a lot of helping you. But uh, yeah, you, you do have to take a lot of that responsibility yourself. And it's more of um, you can get going, but as soon as you want to turn, then you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then stopping on it is that's probably the hardest thing to do is to stop on it. And then like getting off of it without killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if you're in the hospital one day, I know why. Yeah. Well, I tried to stop and turn and um, <laughs> didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work as, out. As long as it's I'm just going a straight. <laughs> yeah. And and then like throughout this film, and this is a flashback film, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Batman Year One, where he's discovering, you know, what look he wants and. Like his first fight where he tries to stop a robbery and he gets his butt kicked, but, you know, still makes it. Mm -hmm. That was fun to see like Batman vulnerable. And I always wondered, um, 
because in this, you know, he's wearing a, like a black, all black. He's got a black like knit cap over his head, kind of like a ski mask. And um, he does have a kind of like a utility belt that's all black. I'm, I always wondered if that was a little bit of the uh, inspiration um, for Christopher Nolan. Because I don't remember the year one comic well enough off the top of my head if that's where, you know, the look came from before that or not. Yeah, I thought about um, that too. But yeah, because it does kind of look the same. I don't even remember when year one came out. If this film, you know, got it from year one or, and I'm sure Nolan and his brother, I think his brother helped him write that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they just got a lot of inspiration from a lot of things, but. Yeah, it came out in 88. It was its original publisher. Okay. So maybe that's what it was. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, because this, this film, you know, looks, gives. Bruce Wayne slash Batman, a love story. We look at year one. It's it's an interesting look at Batman in this film. And it has two villains, yet it still feels like the movie is basically centered around Batman. Mm-hmm. Which is tough to do. But it's also interesting because Joker is kind of like a side character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yet the end is totally wrapped around Joker. Mm-hmm. So this is a really good writing to introduce a new villain, have the Joker, which can easily take over everything in a film because it's the Joker. It's Mark Hamill's Joker. So it's just yeah. everyone awesome. wants to see him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yet we do all this, a love story, a new villain, Joker, and it still feels like a Batman film. That's that's really good writing. So kudos when you get into the Joel Schumacher Batmans, especially and a little bit with Batman Returns, of course, you know, it becomes more of a villain, you know, film. Right. And I think that's part of the problem with the Joel Schumacher films. There's more, of course, but the biggest one is you lose your vision of your main character. Right. It's in the, yeah, besides it being gimmicky and all that stuff, too. It's like, okay, uh, we're going to turn the camp dial uh, 60, <laughs> yeah. 70. Hey, Joe, you want to calm down? No, no, I got it. No, 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 70, 80, 90, <laughs> 1,000. 1, <Yeah. laughs> Joel, you what? broke it. <laughs> uh, broke it or made it better. Yeah. Well, with all those Batman, uh, after all the Mr. Freeze puns. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you broke it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I do. I still say some of those just, just to make okay. my own self laugh with people. Yeah, I occasionally sneak in the Ice Age one. Uh, yeah <laughs> i always say all right everybody chill i always yes. i always do that one <laughs> just having arnold as mr freeze was like the first sign to me i go oh, oh no what <laughs> i love arnold but that'll make no damn sense yeah i mean uh, we were younger and i you know not as critiquey about movies you know we're, you know we saw it because it was batman but i remember being like thinking that's weird I don't imagine him as as that at all. Yeah, that was definitely one because I think that was ninety seven. Uh, definitely, you know, in high school at the time, and me pretty much like halfway during the film, thinking this is bad. <laughs> yeah, I remember there's a there's a shot with Robin like coming up gasping for air, and then they just reverse the footage afterwards, like he was pulled back down in the water and just being like, oh. That wasn't good. Yeah, I mean the campiness is tough to pull off, but uh, back back into this much more darker, serious film uh, and mm-hmm. much better film. 
Yeah, and it also links to the the mafia in this, which I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically the phantasm is knocking off mob bosses, and then we get the police being like, "It's the bat, is it's the bat? He's killing everyone." Now, mm-hmm. here's my thing: How do you pull off in the paper and PR and everything that it's bad that the Batman's killing mafia bosses? Because I would read that and be like, uh, "Okay, I don't care." Problem solved. Like I wouldn't be, you know, at City Hall being like, "You got to bring in the Batman. He's crazy." He's killing everyone. Am I next? No. Are you a mob boss? Are you a mob boss? Then you're, yeah, you're fine. Go home and enjoy, uh, I don't know, not dying in the streets from the mafia. <laughs> I, I just, that was one thing. I always find this funny in these movies. Now, yeah, you know, you got to get the story going. So it's mostly the the people power. Like, he's crazy. We got to bring him in. Well, yeah, because their their hands are in, in the pockets, so it's affecting them. Yeah, and I, the, the mafia boss who then gets so desperate that he goes to the Joker. And again, when I was sitting here watching this, I was like, Jesus, this is the Dark Knight. Yeah, and that was voiced by Abe uh, Vigoda. Yeah. And I was like, that's why. <laughs> that's why his voice sounds familiar. I know, Abe Vigoda and Mark Hamill, toe-to-toe. That that scene is one of my favorites because uh, he's uh, he's saying he's coming after you next. And your, hand, your hands are just as dirty, dirtier. And you see that picture of it's like a close up on Joker's face, and then the background fades to red, and you can really tell that Joker was about to just lose it. And he has this kind of like a the way it was done, as far as like the, the voice acting, everything. I was just like, that was creepy. Batman's knocking us off, and you're the only one who can take him down. Look, five million up front with whatever you want to finish him off. <laughs> what do I look like? Pest control. Thank you, fool. Once he gets me, how long till he gets you? You know what I'm talking about. Your hands are just as dirty. Dirtier. Don't touch me, old man. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> oh, Sal, no one could take a joke like you. Of course I'll help you out. <laughs> really? Certain more. No way is anybody going to hurt my pal Sal. It really was how he, he also gets pissed off because uh, the guy coughs, you know, the mafia boss <laughs> coughs on the Joker. And he's like, ah, you're disgusting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't touch me, old man. <laughs> I don't know where you've been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mark Hamill's just like at the end of the film where he's just like, ah, <laughs> you know, just like laughing through the hallways and yeah. over and over. It's just, uh, you know what? I. I can't blame them for putting the Joker in this. He's just too damn fun. I love, um, and, and he's he's good at, he's got that good balance of being funny and also, you know, menacing where, uh, yeah. I can't remember, he's got, like, he's flying little drones around and, you know, uh, I think Batman, you know, he ends up breaking all of them and you just see the snooker just go, like, snap, like, dang it! <laughs> and then he runs away. <laughs> it's just, like, uh, it's just funny. Yeah, he's just a lunatic. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I also love in this film when he gets his tooth knocked out. And it's just like the rest of the time he's smiling. Mm-hmm. He's got a loose tooth. <laughs> the Phantasm. Spoiler, it's it's his uh, his love interest at the time, which Andrea. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Did the Mafia kill her father or was it the Joker? Yes. So the Mafia sent the Joker to kill him, but it was before he was the Joker when he was working for the mob. So... 
So yeah, yes, all of it, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, just to see this all wrapped up because then the Joker gets hired by the mob to take out the Batman, but then immediately kills a Bogota. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and puts a bomb to him and just like. <laughs> the most Joker thing. Yeah. It's got like a camera attached to it and he's just like, wow, look at that. Yeah, Joke's on me. Yeah. You're not even Batman. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then how everyone's just like all figuring out at the same time, like this isn't Batman doing this. Mm-hmm. Some other person who, you know, has this like nasty blade. Yeah. On its hand is just like, I always remember that too. Like the, the torn cape, mm-hmm. the geometric helmet, the mm-hmm. blade. This was a really cool looking bad guy. And then, spoiler, you know, Andrea is the phantasm. Yeah. We should have saw it coming. She does the she does the self-defense classes for women. I, I remember my brothers and I having, I don't know if it was arguments so much, just discussion of, like, could she do that? Because, you know, she's a girl. <laughs> Different she, times. And yeah, then it was a whole discussion of, like, could she really beat up people? But I don't think she really fights or the phantasm doesn't really fight. Yeah, because I, f- I feel like the only time we really see you know, one of the mob people getting killed was uh, the one that falls into the the grave and then the stone is pushed over, which, you know, prudence to her. She's got some guns. So she can push that over. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you never you don't it doesn't show the character knocking over. So, you know, she could have used whatever. But um yeah, you never really see how it happens and stuff, so. I mean, that's it's saying that there wasn't a lot of fighting and then when we get to the end and you know the it's revealed that Andrea is the phantasm. She's mostly sneaking up on people and killing them. Mm-hmm. So, it's clever. She's ambushing them. Mhm. And she will kill, which like watching it now as an adult, I was like, "Wow, this this movie's got a lot of murder in it." Yeah, it gets dark. Definitely one of the darkest uh, animated DC films, especially geared for kids. Yeah, my favorite, like, just I guess, set decoration throughout this is definitely the future world that Joker's in. Yeah, and his weird relationship with his robotic <laughs> wife. Yes, again, yeah, the the moments of comedy, feeling the old electricity tonight, and then pinches her cheek, a piece of it comes off, and then yeah. he's like, "Ooh, I'll save that for later." Look. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, isn't it always the same you get in the mood and then you have guests come over yeah yeah exactly yeah the whole fighting in this future world just this is like the perfect setting for joker he's just Mm -hmm. in a weird abandoned fair yeah that apparently no one has knocked down (laughs) yeah yeah everything is still there (laughs) yeah this reminds me of uh birds of prey at the end of the film you know where they're just in this like abandoned amusement park i can't remember what it was i don't think i saw that one. Oh, the movie i was thinking of a cartoon sorry yes i saw that yeah yeah i can see that it was very much like that mm-hmm. and maybe maybe where some of the idea came from possibly yeah i don't know i always forget how fast these animated films are this is like 76 minutes yeah not even the full 90 it made enough time I think 72 minutes is the theatrical timeline that you have to hit. Okay. The next one we're going to do is under that. If you think this one's fast, the next movie review, that is super fast. Mm-hmm. Barely over an hour. 
Yeah, I was surprised. And I was pleasantly happy. I'm like, oh, done. Yeah, Sweet. Yeah. It was so fast, but this was so much fun, and I could definitely see myself revisiting this in the next, you know, the next couple years, especially since it's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. You just like easily watch these. Yeah, that's where I watched it, and I watched the the next one we'll do all off of that. <clears throat> and surprisingly, I watched it just before Steve asked me to join this specific uh, podcast talking about it. So I saw it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like a once you see it, once you stumble across it, and it's on either a streaming platform or whatever, you're like, "Well, I gotta watch this." <laughs> I came across it. It's fate. It's great to just put on the background, like folding laundry or I, I don't know, doing a project, whatever you're doing. It's just like mm-hmm. perfect background. Uh, it's super entertaining at times. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can not pay attention to it because you've seen it, but you still know what's going on. Yeah, there there are parts I always watch, like uh, uh, I always watch the scene where Andrea and Bruce Wayne are, they're out and about and Bruce sees this old guy getting like mugged and so he decides to stop him, but you know, he's Bruce Wayne, but you know, it, there's like a part where it's all in slow motion where a guy on the motorcycle comes, you know, he's revving and he's coming at Bruce and Bruce jumps up, steps on the the fender of the front wheel and punches the guy in the face and it's all animated in slow-mo and it's done really well. And it's not like that kind of really choppy where it kind of fades like frame to frame. It's all animated in uh, that frame rate. And I I will always stop and watch it every, every time. It's yeah. Like I said, it's just got so much in there. That's Mm -hmm. fun to watch. Any last words on the film before we get into the museum? Go see it. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing? Quit listening. Well, finish listening to the podcast. Then go watch it. Yeah, we just lost them all. Yeah. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle. And like Indy, we bring something back. So this is going to start our... Batman animated series, Wing of the Museum. And this one's got a lot. So I'm going to let the guests go first. Uh, I feel like I could put in like five things of this. So, so John, what are you, what are you displaying in the museum? Uh, the beginning of the movie is uh, where the credits are rolling. And it's just a, it's like a fly around kind of helicopter shot through the city of Gotham. And it's 3D but it's done still in the style of the show. And I, I just remember when that first happened and it's got this crazy angelic music singing. You're just like, you, that's immediately when I knew like, this is like a step up from the show. And that, that moment, that feeling seeing it, it was just like, yep. So that's, that's for me what I'll put in. Yeah. The shock mm-hmm. uh, kind of like just jolts you as a kid. Like, Whoa, this isn't my animated series. It looks like it, but it's, it's bigger. And then, you know, when you're an adult, you're like, yeah, because they had a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. They can do more shit with it. Yeah. What I'm putting in the museum is, a, you know, the costume of the Phantasm. It was just something that stuck, stuck in my head as a kid all the way up to an adult. Just how they they're so good at creating these simple geometric shapes mm-hmm. in the Batman animated series that sticks with you. The only one that's more organic but stylized is Clayface and Clayface mm-hmm. is, I mean, of course, the Joker was amazing in it. Mm-hmm. So 
we're going to put him at the top. But Clayface was always one and Phantasm that stuck out in the villains to me with the animated series world. Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember Clayface from any of the comics. He's really him and Harley Quinn. They're just so much attached to the animated series. But I think Harley well, Quinn was created for the animated correct. series. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, Bruce Tim created her. And she's really taken, like, you know, she has her own movies and everything. She's really taken off. She's a fun character. And just mm-hmm. like the Joker, she has a really odd background that you can play with. If, you, if you're a fan and um, they have that Harley Quinn animated series, I watched it during quarantine. And it's funny because it's it's very much a rated R show. So, you know, not to want to watch with the kids. But it also, they it almost makes fun of the good guys the whole time in the show. And so it's kind of refreshing from that way. And uh, like even like, you know, Batman gets in the scene and they're like, hey, Batman, you, you fuck bats, right? And he's like, what? No, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, and so... And they're just giving him a hard time. Every time they see him, they give him a hard time about that. And he's like, no, I don't. I don't do that. You know, yeah, that's also worth a watch, too, I think. so. Jazz and Batman. You touch bats, right? And they're naughty places? No! What? <laughs> no! <laughs> Wait, no, no, no! <laughs> Is that what the villains think? <laughs> yeah, and one of them has, like, they've taken sound clips of Batman saying things, and they've edited it so it sounds like he says that. I do it with bats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fun. It's, speaking of comic book stuff, how much of the WandaVision have you watched? Um, I've watched all of it so far. It's good stuff. It's a it's a lot different. Yeah, I didn't know what to, I fell asleep in episode three. I haven't finished it. And episode four is out as we're recording. So I'll mm-hmm. go through and finish episode three. And I, I didn't know what to think because the first two episodes, I was like, this is like Nick at night. What are we doing here? Yeah, um, I'm hoping it starts to really pick up. It looks, it's definitely like a conspiracy theory, putting them in a world, maybe trapped in their own mm-hmm. minds type thing. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll finish the ride. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like one of these people. They're like, this is weird. I'm out. Yeah. I only read part of it. I read part of the book. I never finished it. What? I only read part of old yeller. I don't know how it ends. <laughs> Something about a dog. I don't know. Right. I'm sure the dog's fine. Um. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh so I have seen the most recent episode and I won't give anything away, but it is a lot different than the previous ones. I figured that they were going to do that. It like it takes and what's it takes place during the time of the other two or the other episodes. So it's kind of like a it's a little bit of a flashback episode. Okay. All right. And yeah, so it kind of it it ends up explaining a lot, but it, then now you're like, well, now I really want to know what happens. So yeah, it's definitely got this conspiracy theory: what's going on? Dark, like uh, evil company corporation doing something test. That's what I'm I'm getting a feeling for all this, and I don't know though. Maybe never mind. Don't give it away. I'll watch. No, I won't. You were t- mentioning that it was a lot like Nick at Night, and that's um. Dick Van Dyke was a, um, he was on the set for the first one, that idea of what it was really like. So they tried to film it and have a lot of those things from, because that's, you know, the very first episode is very much like the Dick Van Dyke TV show. And the next episode, it's a lot like Bewitched, you know, and so they have those people where they are 
you know, we have CG and everything now, but when they're making things float, they're on strings and, you know, they are using older techniques to even make mm -hmm. it feel more of that time. And so, yeah, Dick Van Dyke was actually there for advice. And uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but uh, he was there to help out with that. When you're watching the show, there was definitely, I was looking around, I was like, man, this really feels like that era. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, and even the third one, I, I did fall asleep because I was, I was just tired. Um, yeah. But, you know, it definitely had that like 60s, 70s, you know, like her long hair. They just do a really good job. Also, they mm -hmm. do a really good job on Vision's makeup. I did see someone posted. They're like, oh, oh, you messed up because there's that really quick shot of them on a set, a set of swings. And his shirt has opened on his arm and uh, his arm isn't painted. <laughs> so it's still flesh colored. Oh. Um, so there's that. But I mean, air. That's someone who literally is going frame by frame because it's not even on there, I would say, maybe half a second. And so they're literally you know, combing the frames to be like, ooh, ooh, you know, point things out. Yeah, nerds of the internet. They're like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. going to find a mistake. Yeah. You know, how much of a, a fan were you of Vision and Scarlet Witch in the films? Because just to like set mine, I never really had much interest in these two characters. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of did with the Vision. Okay. I had a Nintendo game, or it was the one I played on an arcade game, and you could play Vision. And that was my introduction to him. And he had the beam he could shoot out of his head. And so I was like, well, yeah, long distance. Boom, and he could fly. And so that was kind of my... That's But that's kind of where it ended. I never, I never read a comic that he was in, knew much else about him except for, you know, things that I had looked up about him but never really read any stories with him in it. The Scarlet Witch, I really didn't even know of until she was coming up in the Avengers movies. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I had heard of her name, but I had know nothing about her. Yeah, because I, I mean, I always know, knew her from the, the X-Men and everything. So she was more of a mutant, which mm -hmm. I, I find hilarious. They're not allowed to say. Well, yeah. But now now they can do whatever they want because they own the entire Fox like line, you know, mm -hmm. X-Men and everything. So they could. I guess they just don't want to cross it. I just that's what I always found funny. But yeah, Scarlet Witch was always kind of like, eh, she's there. She's powerful. I get it. Uh, Vision. Yeah, you know, powerful, you know, the vision stone or is that what it's called? That's the mind stone. Mind stone. That's it. Yeah, I just never was much into these. So I, I couldn't get excited for this, but I will continue it because I, I expect it to get better. Uh, I have mm -hmm. seen that the audience score has, has slowly gone down. So I don't know if that's like just people being a little, I, I guess, surprised at how different it is, but. You know, it's Disney. It's going to be quality. They'll have something bounce back. And I'm, I'm really happy that they are trying something different. That is definitely a one reason why I will continue this ride. Is It's different. And I think that's fun. Uh-oh. Did I lose you? Okay, we lost John. That'll end, the, uh, <laughs> that'll end the episode. He just dropped off. That's okay. We're at the end of it. So go and watch Batman Mass of the Phantasm. Come back next week for another Batman animated series film. And that'll do it. So remember to be kind. Oh, John's not here to say rewind. Bye.